Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Tribulation, in Summary, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, this episode will be longer than our usual average of 30 minutes. We hope you enjoy our summer series review in two parts, of which this episode is the second and last. Our episode last week Tribulation in Summary, Part 1, was posted on September 17th. Last week we started reviewing episode segments in our summer series about tribulation. Hopefully, we have learned two things at the very least. One, that trials and tribulations will occur in our lives. We cannot evade them in any way. There are false reasonings as to how we can avoid trials and tribulations that, as I said, are false and do not work at all. The second thing is that our Bibles tell us that in this life, we will have tribulation. Notice the verse wordings as follows. In the world, you have trouble. The world will trouble you much. In the world, you have oppression. And, how most of us know this verse segment, in the world, you shall have tribulation. The whole verse reads, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. From the American King James Version, John chapter 16, verse 33. So, if tribulation, which is much worse than trials, is that certain that Jesus told us, in the world you shall have tribulation, then why does this sadden us? The answer to that question is, in the same verse of which Jesus tells us three things in total. He finishes that sentence with, but be of. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, Tribulation in Summary, Part 1. You can also listen to all our summer series episodes, starting with Tribulation. What is it? Part 1 hosted on June 4th, 2023. This week, our final study is titled, Tribulation, in Summary, Part 2, or in Review. We continue our summary examination by examining our most important episodes, starting with Tribulation, Our Present Sufferings. Our Bible verse for this study reads, for I consider that our present sufferings cannot even be compared to the glory 
that will be revealed to us. From Romans chapter 8, verse 18. This present time of life is the only suffering time to the saints, for no sooner are they removed from hence, but they are in heaven, where neither wicked men nor devils can reach them, where their souls are freed from sin and unbelief, from doubts and fears, and everything that is distressing, and after the resurrection there will be no more diseases nor death in their bodies, and this present time is but a short time, a little while, and all sufferings will be at an end. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Can you see how all the sufferings of this life come to an end? The sufferings of this life come to an end when we are either spirited away by Jesus or we die. Either way, this is when we are fully freed from sin's ill effects on people. We will receive our new and fully perfect body that will never perish since we will live eternally as God has promised. With that in mind, notice further the glory which God has prepared for his suffering saints and children is a hidden glory. It is hidden from the eye of the world and lies altogether out of their sight and view, and it is in a great measure hidden from the saints themselves. It is now the object of their faith, but before long it shall be the object of their sight. The sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Notice, the glory which God has prepared for his suffering saints and children is a hidden glory. It is hidden from the eye of the world and lies altogether out of their sight and view. It is in a great measure hidden from the saints themselves. It is now the object of their faith. Is the glory which God has prepared for his suffering saints, otherwise known as his children, the object of your faith? Certainly, in this regard. We see through a glass dimly, but we do see something that should excite us. Further, before long, that dim object shall be fully in our sight. I think this commentary passage gives us a reveal of what that blurry object is. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. This tells us that even before it is fully revealed, we have a blurry view of the full glory that will be fully revealed to us. Because it is dim, maybe better noted as being out of focus, it is difficult for us 
in this here and now to fully and properly understand. How long is this period of time before we experience and see the glory that shall be revealed? Though now, for a season, a short period, it would be in fact only for a brief period, even if it should continue through the whole of life. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. It is possible, however, that Peter supposed that the trials which they then experienced would soon pass over. They may have been suffering persecutions, which he hoped would not long continue. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Why is our time on this earth referred to as short, and our affliction, trials, and tribulations as light, despite how hard they really seem to us in the moment? For clarity, I will read the Bible quotation from commentary in its full sentence in two verses. For our momentary, light suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, because we are not looking at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. From Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 through 18. Can you understand this? The reasoning for this is found in verse 18. We are not looking at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. What we cannot see with our eyes, we see dimly through our faith. Those unsaved in Christ cannot see this dim object because it requires faith to see it dimly. In our episode titled, Tribulation, Do Not Throw Away Your Confidence, this is a place one can come to because of persistent temptations, trials, and tribulations. Repeatedly experiencing temptations, trials, and or tribulations can cause one to come to this place where one throws away their confidence. Our Bible verse in this episode reads, So do not throw away your confidence, because it has great reward. From Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. To see better what is being said, the context reads, But remember the former days when you endured a harsh conflict of suffering after you were enlightened. At times, you were publicly exposed to abuse and afflictions, and at other times, you came to share with others who were treated in this way. For in fact, you shared the sufferings of those in prison, and you accepted the confiscation of your belongings with joy, because you knew that you certainly had a better and lasting 
possession. So do not throw away your confidence because it has great reward. From Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 35. Verse 34 says two very important things, of which we need to learn from. First, for in fact, you shared the sufferings of those in prison. While we may share the sufferings of others today, it does not remotely cause us to suffer the likes of those in prison. Secondly, the verse continues. You accepted this confiscation of your belongings with joy, comma. Could we today suffer the confiscation of our belongings with joy? What is up with that? The reason they could do that is because they knew that they certainly had a better and lasting possession that no man or woman could take away. Even the devil himself could not take it away. Do we know what our better and lasting possession is? This is why verse 35 says, So do not throw away your confidence because it has great reward. Just what is this confidence we are not to throw away? It is defined by John S.C. Abbott, and Jacob Abbott illustrated New Testament, 1878, as our firm and steady faith. Is your faith firm and steady? We learn further that we are to be patient in our tribulation or tribulations. That is easier said than done. Tribulations can cause distress mental distress, and or emotional distress depending on the issue causing a tribulation and the severity and length of the tribulation or tribulations being suffered. In all that, we are nonetheless encouraged to be patient in such times of suffering. With that in mind, I will read the short context our study verse is in for the full clarity. Let love be without dissimulation, abhorring that which is evil, causing you to come unto that which is good, loving one another with brotherly love, with honor, preferring one another, not slothful in earnest care, but fervent in sharing for the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. From Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13, in the English Jubilee 2000 Bible. Verse 12 is our study verse, telling us three things as follows. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulations, and be constant in prayer. Then the sentence continues to its end, in verse 13, saying, Sharing for the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. This again tells us that if we can rejoice in our tribulations, if we can be patient in our tribulations, if we can be constant in prayer, 
then we should be able to share and care for the needs of our brothers and sisters, the saints, since the mindset we will have in all that is to be given to hospitality. First, we are to possess an ability to rejoice in hope, meaning that hope, patience, and prayer are powerful supports under all afflictions and will render them not only tolerable, but joyous. By patience, we possess ourselves. By hope, we possess God. By prayer, we are enabled unto both. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. The Romans would have better understood this wording where today many in America assume what is meant. So, let me reiterate for clarity that hope, patience, and prayer are three pillars, powerful supports under all afflictions, otherwise noted as tribulations. Not a few, not some, but under all afflictions, under all tribulations. This is what will make our afflictions not only tolerable, but allow us to be joyous in our heart, mind, soul, and mood. A more focused meaning for this hope we are to have is this. Rejoicing in hope of the glory of God, than the hope of which nothing can make a believer more cheerful in this world. The saint's joy is therefore called the rejoicing of hope. This is placed between serving the Lord and being patient in tribulation, for nothing tends more to animate the people of God to a cheerful serving of Him or to make them more patient under afflictions than a hope of being forever with the Lord. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible In short, Mr. Gill told us, the hope of which nothing can make a believer more cheerful in this world, the saints' joy is therefore called the, quote, rejoicing of the hope, end quote. Nothing tends more to animate the people of God to a cheerful serving of Him or to make them more patient under afflictions than a hope of being forever with the Lord. That right there is the, quote, thing, end quote, we see dimly in a glass. We only have some idea of this in this life. We will have the full view when we are taken home to forever be with the Lord. As this summer series got closer to its end, we found that when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately people, saved in Christ, fall away. Why is that? 
I read the larger context that the actual study verse is found in so you have the proper understanding of why verse 17 is being said and why we would study it further. The passage is titled, The Purpose of Parables. It is an explanation by Jesus of the parable titled, The Sower and the Seed. Let us see why this is important, why parables have a teaching quality for us even today. He said to them, Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand any parable? The sower sows the word. Those are the ones on the path where the word is sown. Whenever they hear, immediately Satan comes and snatches the word that was sown in them. They are the ones sown on rocky ground. As soon as they hear the word, they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves and do not endure. Then, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately they fall away. Others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but worldly cares and seductiveness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it produces nothing. But these are the ones sown on good soil. They hear the word and receive it and bear fruit, one thirty times as much, one sixty, and one a hundred. From Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. Such Christians do not flounder for a while. They are not wishy-washy for a period and then, in either case, fall away. No, Jesus' words are, immediately they fall away. This is due to the fact that they have no root of God's word for what they hear to grow on. Examining deeper, we read, have no root in themselves. This word has no root in their hearts, only in their natural affections, nor is the root of grace in them. There is no heart work, only speculative notions and flashy affections. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Notice this opening statement by John Gill. The word has no root in their hearts, only in their natural affections. This is exactly why the word of God has no root. Natural affections are like shifting sand that provides no firm foundation for anything. Further, in these people, there is no root of grace in them. After all, where would a root of grace firmly adhere to in shifting sand? This means there is no real heart work being done in them. They unfortunately only have 
speculative notions, and flashy affections. Further, the Lord makes it clear that if they understand the parable of the sower, they will understand all parables, for this parable lays the foundation for all other parables. He does not say that he himself is the sower, but emphasizes what the sower does. This fits the character of this gospel in which he is presented as the true servant. A servant is about what he does, not who he is. A servant is about what she does, not who she is. The work of the servant is to sow the word of God. These are the words of God. Only the word gives fruit. Fruit is not obtained through civilization, education, upbringing, or examples, however useful these things may be. The sower sows only the word and nothing else. The effect of the sown word does not lie in the word, but in the condition of the soil. The soil in which the seed falls represents the spiritual state of the human being who hears the word. From King Comet's Commentary on the Whole Bible So one knows what they do and one also knows who they are are completely different identities. Again, what we do is not who we are. A servant of Christ is about what he does, not who he is. A servant of Christ is about what she does, not who she is. How do we make this distinction? The work of the servant is to sow the word of God. These are the words of God. That, again, is what we do for God. We sow his word in others. That is our work. It is the mark of what a Christian does and not who he or she is. Notice this very important statement by King Comet's commentary. A servant is about what he does, not who he is. The same is true about us modern people. Many of us define who we are by the work we do. For example, if my job is to ship products for a company, then I say I am a shipper. Yet, that is my job and not who I am. It is only while I am at work I am identified as a shipper for clarity. Yes, my job function is a shipper of something, but it is not my identity. Many people I know have extreme trouble making this break. However, if our examination is correct here, we should be better educated 
in how we make this break. What we are and who we are should have much clearer definition than it may presently have. Moving forward, any opposition, slight or severe, makes them partial or total apostates. As sunlight strengthens the healthy plant, but withers the sickly, ill-rooted one, so tribulation establishes real faith, but destroys its counterfeit. From the Fourfold Gospel and Commentary on Acts of Apostles. Can you now see the reasoning for our tribulations? Notice the reasoning for tribulation. As sunlight strengthens the healthy plant, but withers the sickly, ill-rooted one, so tribulation establishes real faith, but destroys its counterfeit. Our tribulations in this life have real purpose. Tribulations establish real faith, just like sunlight strengthens a healthy plant or crop. We should note the first comment from Mr. Barnes about our trials. Regard it as a thing to rejoice in, a matter which should afford you happiness. You are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. We are told in the Bible to rejoice in what we perceive as times of trial, even times of tribulation. In that regard, Mr. Barnes opens strongly with, Regard it as a thing to rejoice in. That is in direct comment to how we should view and react to trials. We are to regard trials as something to rejoice in. The reason we should be able to rejoice in our hard times, trials, is because we are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. Can you see where we get confused on this subject? How does one feel and express joy when the cause is perceived by men and women alike as negative? Yet, this is exactly what we need to get an answer for so we can be genuinely joyful so we can consider it nothing but joy when we fall into all sorts of trials. This is the problem I have seen over many, many years. We can find no joy when we suffer negative issues, most notably today, calamities. Today, we are seeing global calamities, wildfires in various parts of the world right now, earthquakes, heavy rains that flood areas with excessive amounts of water, very deep mud, extreme flooding, and more. Now, notice what we are told. We are not to consider it as a punishment. When we fall into such trials, calamities, we are to 
consider it nothing but joy when we fall into all sorts of trials. God never tempts mankind. Temptation is caused by the devil. Notice James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Notice further of persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. These cannot be said to be direct inducements or allurements to sin. They try the faith of men and women, and they show whether he or she who is tried is disposed to adhere to his or her faith in God, or whether he or she will apostatize. There it is. In times of trial, do we adhere to our faith in God, or do we apostatize? Simply meaning, do we fall away from our faith when we are tried? Patience is one of the fruits of much trial. Therein is the reasoning for us to experience trials. The fruit of the trial is one's patience. Our patience is found in our testing to prove it. To prove that it is as we believe it is or that it still needs work. Now, notice what makes this struggle worth it. The grace of patience is worth the trial which it may cost to procure it. Comments in this paragraph from Barnes New Testament Notes. Adam Clark tells us there is good reasoning for trials. He says, Trials put religion and all the graces of which it is composed to proof. How we come through our trials shows two things in this modern world we all live in. One, the Christian that is brand new to the faith has not yet had enough time to learn the lessons produced by trials. Two, the older, more experienced Christian is proving that they are who they say they are, or maybe not. Many people today call themselves Christian or a believer in God. Yet, when a trial of any degree of testing comes upon them, they fall apart like old dried-out bread. They crumble and become like chaff on the wind. But let patience have her perfect work. Let it be fairly developed. Let it produce its appropriate effects without being hindered. Let it not be obstructed in its fair influence on the soul by murmurings, complaining, or rebellion. Patience under trials is fitted to produce important effects on the soul, and we are not to hinder them in any manner by a perverse spirit or by opposition to the will of God. Everyone who is afflicted should desire that the fair effects of affliction 
should be produced on his mind, or that there should be produced in his soul precisely the results which his trials are adapted to accomplish. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice this statement by Mr. Barnes. Let it not be obstructed in its fair influence on the soul by murmurings, complaining, or rebellion. Meaning that murmurings, complaining, or rebellion are not the good influences of faith proven. These attitudes expressed obstruct the fair influences on the soul. These attitudes are not of patience. We learn further from Barnes' New Testament notes. First, the meaning of this is explained in the following phrase, quote, wanting nothing, end quote. That is, that there may be nothing lacking to complete your character. If this is about our character, then the phrase wanting nothing has nothing to do with being physically and financially comfortable in this life. We could be like the many poor people in the Bible and still find that we are wanting nothing. Again, because this is stated about our character and not what we need or want to live in this world. In the usage of the word, quote, character, end quote, we are examining, it means simply moral strength, integrity. Even in the meaning of the word, we see nothing that would pertain to our needs or wants. This is about each person and whether they are of moral strength and integrity. Notice how, in the sentence, our commentator explains the meaning to us. He says that there may be nothing lacking to complete your character. Again, and I stress this strongly, that this has nothing to do with our personal needs and wants. It really is about us and the kind of character we exude to others so they see a man or woman of God and not simply someone else, whether saved in Christ or not. Next week, we want to take a closer look at a verse that was in our study, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 through 18. So, to find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach 
presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched our mobile tablet and desktop compliant website has more information links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.